So here we are today is the 8th of January. Um, I hope you all are purchasing your Christmas presents for this year. Christmas will come soon. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to start this morning reading a psalm. We're going to get into John chapter 3 in a moment. But I want to read this psalm because it's so powerful and it's uh, <clears throat> it's amazing. And then uh, at the end, we'll tell you how to get in touch with us and how to give into this ministry. But right now, uh, psalm, uh, psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves with him. I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. That was the New King James. He says, it was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles, and we are overjoyed. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts. I love that. With joyful shouts of glee, that uh, they may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and harvest overflowing. I just thought that was a great psalm to read this morning, that um, in your laughter, in your joy, people uh, see that God has done great things. <clears throat> and they see the miracles and they go for it. Uh, I want to show you this uh, card I got. It says restored. Uh, I'm going to learn how to reverse the picture, but um, it says restored. And a, a gentleman gave that to me on Saturday at the healing rooms here at Bethel. And um, God told him to do it. It's been a word that's been on my life uh, for the last uh, so, so often. And um and that God is restoring all that was taken over the last few years. So praise God. <clears throat> well, here we are today, and I want to thank you for joining me again. As I said, today is, what, what day is today? Today is the 8th of January. Um, I'm not going to get into that. I was going to get into some politics, but I'm not going to. Um, <clears throat> I want to go to John chapter 3, if you don't mind going there. By the way, those who sow in tears as seeds is important. There's times when you're going to be sowing in tears. You're going to be uh, weeping, grieving, um, doing like feeling in your heart that you failed or something like that. But 
your you know sow those tears as seeds and you will doubtless return rejoicing you're giving to god their sacrifice sacrifices of praise sacrifices of thanksgiving and he restores all that back to you and you get to you get to reap a harvest armloads of blessing as the psalmist says all right so let's go, uh, we're going to pick up with verse 19 of John chapter 3. Um, you know, you're not going to have situations in your life. I mean, you're not going to have periods of your life where everything goes right. You're going to have mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have things happen to you. You're go it's going to happen. You're going to have pressure. Jesus promised that in John uh, I think it's John 15. He says that in this world, you will have pressures. You will have anxieties, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We'll get into that when we get into chapter, um, when we get into chapter 15 later on. Okay, and here is the basis of their judgment. The light of God is now coming to the world but the hearts of the people love their darkness more than the light because they want darkness to conceal their evil. Okay, you can go to any place, any place. You can go to churches, you can go to uh, social clubs, you can go to government halls, you can go everywhere. And you will see that people love darkness because they don't want to be exposed They don't want to be exposed. But the light of God has now come into the world. Now, the light isn't there so that you can see the light. The light is there so that you can see. I turn my selfie uh, lights. I have a background light. I've got lights ahead so you can see, not so that you can see the light. So what I want to do, excuse me, what I want to do is to show forth the light. I just want to be a light so people can see Jesus. My desire in my life, my desire is that when people see me, they will say, this man has spent time with Jesus. This man is a man of love. This man is a man of faith. That's what my desire is. That's what my goal is. And, um, you know, and yeah, the, the, the issue is that when you're kind, when you're considerate, um, you know, you have to understand that uh, people will try to use you and you have to stop allowing yourself to be used. And that's what I've done. And I've, I've gained some enemies because of it. You know, when, when the welcome mat is taken off and they can't wipe their feet on you, um, it gets to be a little hard for them, right? Anyway. People love the darkness rather than light. So that's, that's why they turn away. Verse 20, so the wicked hate the light and try to hide from it for their lives are fully exposed in the light. When you come to Jesus, you become exposed, not for condemnation because God didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, but he exposes you so that you can be conformed into the image of God. I remember uh, a story of a sculptor who um, <clears throat> the guy came in and was asking him, hey, how do you know what to cut off on a rock? 
like you're, you're sculpting and you're chiseling and how, what do you know to cut off? And he says, I have in my mind and in, 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 in my, my perception, in my, in my um, mind, what I see this rock being, and I'm just taking away everything that is not that image. Hi, Wendy, get better. Come on, girl. In Jesus' name, let's just pray for Wendy right now. Holy Spirit, come. Touch Wendy, Father, in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Put your hand on your heart, Wendy. Lord, I'm asking you to touch her and fill her right now with your blood, giving her a blood transfusion, a Jesus blood transfusion. And God, every cell that does not produce life and health is eliminated right now in Jesus' name. And only those cells that do produce life and health are, are multiplied right now. Her, her immune system is working again. Thank you, Father. And God, I pray that she will come out of this and, and, be, uh, and be strong, be, be <clears throat> uh, vibrant, be joyful in all that happens. So thank you so much, Jesus. Amen. Okay. So, the wicked hate the light, but those who love the truth, John says, those who love the truth, and that word actually means practice the truth, those who practice the truth, yeah, will come out into the light and welcome its exposure. For the light will reveal what their fruitful works, uh, that their fruitful works were produced by God. I think in Matthew, it says, let men see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Yeah, these fruitful works. I remember my grandfather, he had a, uh, he had a wine vineyard in, in Sicily and he made his own wine. And, he, you know, uh, I know you've seen the teardrop bottles with the wicker around it. Well, my grandfather had a bunch of those. My father ended up inheriting them when he passed away. <clears throat> and, um, and, uh, and one of the things that my grandfather did was uh, he, he was talking about pruning, okay? And you have to prune back the vine to the fruit, okay? You prune it back. Because what happens to a vine is if it's not taken care of, uh, a stick will grow. And all the energy, all of the water, all the nutrients from the ground will go into that stick to make the stick longer. And you need to cut that off. That's what the pruning is. And what happens to the light is we welcome the exposure of God to prune us so that it will reveal the fruitful works that we do, that they are produced by God. Now, in verse 22, when Jesus and his disciples went, uh, went out for a length of time into the Judean countryside, they baptized the people. And at this time, John was still baptizing people in Anon near Salim, uh, or Shalim, however you want to pronounce it. And there was uh, where, uh, where there was plenty of water, and the people kept coming for, to, for John to baptize them. This was before John was thrown into prison. I don't know why John put that in there. Uh, the gospel writer John, why he would say John the baptizer had not yet been thrown into prison. It's obvious, okay? An argument then developed between John the baptizer's disciples, and a particular Jewish man about baptism. So they went to John and asked him, Teacher, are you aware that the one you told us about 
at the crossing place, he's now baptizing everyone with larger crowds than yours. People were flocking to him. What do you think about that? Now, I have no idea why somebody would come to John and say, listen, the guy you told us that was the Lamb of God, he's baptizing more people than you are. All right, why would he do that? Except, except, and a lot of people do that today in order to stir up a a um, uh, a rivalry, uh, to stir up a um, contention. All right. Now, John, listen to this. John lived thirty years before he started baptizing, and he only had a six-month ministry. He prepared 30 years for a six-month ministry. Jesus comes to town, and then all of a sudden, this is the Lamb of God, John says, who takes away the sins of the world. Actually, what happened is, also, is that a voice came out of heaven and said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So this guy wants to wants to stir up a little contention between John, a little little um, competition between John and um, yeah between John and Jesus and Jesus doesn't I mean like these people don't go for it John doesn't go for it verse twenty seven John answered him a person cannot receive even one thing unless God bestows it or no one of his own can receive anything unless it comes to him from heaven, okay? So you may think that you're in uh, a leader. You may think that you are a government official, but you have to understand something. It doesn't come to you because of what you've done. It came to you from heaven and God bestows it upon you. Now you heard me tell you before that I'm not the Messiah, but certainly I am the messenger sent ahead of him. He is the bridegroom and the bride belongs to him. I am the friend of the bridegroom, okay? I am the friend of the bridegroom who stands nearby and listens with great joy to the bridegroom's voice. And because of his words, my joy is complete and overflows. So it's necessary for him to increase and for me to be diminished. I want to talk about this for a second, okay? Um, one of them is that that um, when a minister or anything goes into a town, prior to him coming, uh, Charles Finney had this, uh, and many other people, uh, 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 Evan Roberts at the Welsh Revival had it. Before he went into a town, <coughs> excuse me, Before he would go into a town, he would have somebody go ahead of him and announce that they're coming. Jesus had that too. John announced beforehand, he was a voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He was preparing the way for Jesus to come. And then John says this, he says in verse 30, so it is necessary for him to increase and for me to decrease. The increase of Jesus is the bride of Christ. You, as a believer in Jesus, are the bride of Christ. You are his increase. (coughs) Uh, Just as Eve increased 
Adam, so the bride increases Jesus on earth. We increase him, all right? Also, you have to understand that John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. And, um, and then so what he was saying was, Jesus needs to increase while the Old Testament prophetic needs to decrease, okay? You have to recognize this, that Jesus needs to be increased. Uh, I know a guy... I went to Bible college with, actually his name was Tom. Also, he, uh, he used that as his life's verse, that Jesus must increase, I must decrease. Okay, he struggled with arrogance, he struggled with pride. And he just said, I need to decrease and Jesus needs to increase. I need to, me, I need to. Have Jesus be increased in my life. When people see me, I want them to see Jesus. The devil already sees Jesus. But I want people to say, this man is with Jesus. This man has spent time with Jesus. That's what I want. For the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks from the natural realm. But the one who comes from heaven, comes from above, is above everything and speaks of the highest realm of all. His message is about what he has seen and has experienced, even though people don't accept it. Yet those who embrace his message know in their hearts that it's true. Jesus is telling people and showing people what he has already experienced. Remember, Jesus is all God and all man at the same time, all right? <clears throat> He's living in eternity while he is here on earth as well. He doesn't live con confined to time and space. We do, all right? Um, if you can imagine, pretend that this pen is all of time. Creation of the world, the end of the world. And Jesus is standing outside it, and he sees all of it. All right? I'm going to bring it back so you can see. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. At the end of Revelation, it says, Amen. Time finishes. And Jesus is not only in time, he's also outside of time. And he is telling the message of what he has seen from the Father. And remember, he said that I only say what I hear the Father say, and I do what I see the Father doing. His message is about what he has seen and experienced, even though people don't accept it. I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you accept it or not. It's still the truth. He is still the truth. Yet those who embrace his message know in their hearts that it's the truth. If you embrace him, the, as many as come to him, John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the power or the authority to become the sons of God. And then you embrace his message, you know in your heart that what he's saying is true. I knew in my heart when I gave my life to Jesus that everything in this Bible was the truth. 
I didn't need anybody to explain it to me. I just knew it. I knew that God was talking to me through this book before someone said, God will speak to you through this book. Verse 34, the one whom God has sent to represent him will speak the words of God. Now, that word represent does not just mean he's going to talk about him. It means that he is going to be the very image. If you've seen him, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is the exact representation of God, the Father. And he will speak the words of God, for God has poured out upon him the fullness of the Holy Spirit without limitation. Here we see a reference to the Trinity. The Father, the Son, okay, who is the one, God being the Father, and then the Holy Spirit without limitation. There's no limits. The Spirit does not give anything in a small measure. He always gives it in abundance. I I hear people say, I want to experience the Holy Spirit. Well, get to know him. Get to be with him. Spend time with him. Verse 35, the Father loves his Son so much that all things have been given into his hands. He has given everything. He has given all authority. He has given all the people into his hands. Those who trust in the Son possess eternal life, but those who do not obey the Son will not see life and God's anger will rise up against them. In other words, those who trust in the Son possess the life, but those who don't cling to him or hold on to him or Uh, enter into him, okay, will not see life. The Greek word in verse 36 here, where it says God's anger will rise up against them. The Greek translation is that wrath rests upon them. The Aramaic says God's anger will rise up against them. Remember, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, And if you don't believe in Jesus, you are condemned already, the Bible says. He didn't come to condemn anybody, but those who do not believe are condemned already. Jesus said that earlier in chapter three. The wrath of God, the full wrath of God was poured out on Jesus And if you receive it, the wrath of God does not rest on you. But if you don't receive it, the wrath of God rests upon you because you did not receive the sacrifice of Jesus. Remember that those who sow in tears as seeds will reap a harvest with shouts of joy. A sower will reap or weep when he sows. His precious seed while his children are hungry. And this is a picture of sacrificing what little we have for the harvest to come. And I remember in 2019, and I'll end with this, but I remember in 2019, October 19th actually, so 10-19-2019, kind of funny, Um, I was laying before the Lord and the Lord said, stop praying for revival and start preparing for revival. Stop praying for it, prepare for it. 
And so what I did was um, I had to, he said, uh, and then he said, actually, you know, I mean, I've, I've stopped praying for revival and start preparing and, and, and what my part will be. And I've told you this, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to the, um, uh, the uh, I'm looking forward for one person to come forward to me and say, Tom, I want to believe with you for 100,000 souls, to go get 100,000 souls, all right? When I go out in public, I usually spend time just ministering to people. I find out who God's talking to, and then I go and I minister to them, okay? Uh, whether in church or in Walmart or at the store, it doesn't matter. At the restaurant, doesn't matter. Though, and, 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 and so... Um, <clears throat> The Lord told me after he said, stop praying for revival and start preparing for revival. Right after that, the Lord said, there's a billions souls harvest. And that tells me that there's at least two billion souls that will be saved. Shortly after that, I had heard that uh, uh, Bob Jones had a, had a, had a word that said, uh, prepare for the billion soul harvest. And I know that a lot of people have um, have said that uh, the, the the revival, the last day's revival, will start with the young people or be uh, driven by the young. But actually, I believe that it's going to be all generations. It's going to be multi generational. It's going to have both genders as leaders in this revival. Even the babies are going to have this. Um, uh, 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 a part in this. Children will be prophesying. Old men will be seeing visions and dreaming dreams. You need to trust in the Son so that you can possess, not as a thing, but as reality, eternal life. You can possess that. All right, I read in a verse yesterday that says that, uh, uh, it says that those who believe God will not taste death. Isn't that cool? Someone said, why do I drink so much coffee? Well, coffee is addicted to me. So anyway, um, all right, yeah, so that's the, uh, that, that's the end of chapter three. John, the baptizer, explains again that he is not the Messiah. Only Jesus is the Messiah. Amen? Amen. Um, Got to accept the true testimony of, of Jesus. Take it. Take it. If you receive it, You'll take God's true seal. And who is the seal except the Holy Spirit? Amen. I um, want to thank you for joining me. Uh, if you want information on, on <clears throat> hope abundance, um, hope for the hopeless, but abundant hope, if you want to, if you want to experience that, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. That's the place to go. And um and you can, uh, you can get information from me. If you want to give into this ministry, we do PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, Zelle. If you want to uh, give into this ministry, 
Uh, you can uh, email me, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. I'll tell you how to do it. I have two books out. You can help financially that way by buying those two books, uh, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. And I can get you those two books, $20 donation. We'll get you the books. Um, and um, uh, let's see, you can go to Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, anything else, and then you can get the books from there. SOS, a 50-day journey into the heart of God. It's a devotional um, centered around the, the passion translation of Song of Solomon. And uh, then I have another one that says, uh, From Breakdown to Breakthrough, My Journey to Soul Health. And uh, it's, it's my story of how I came out of how I came out of my nervous breakdown back in 2018, and uh, and God um, God took me out of that. And he and there's some resources there on how to walk in soul health, and you can get that. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I just I just kind of felt like we needed to uh, experience God, experience Him, and um, and just go for it from here. Okay. Well, God bless you. Have a great day and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow.